Welcome to another episode of Out the Rabbit Hole here on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, also on the web at KUCI.org. I'm Robert Larson. This is our April 15th, 2010 edition of the show. About 4.05 p.m. on the clock here in Irvine, California. And before we get fully underway, got a couple of quick reminders for you. The, uh, the opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of the KUCI staff or management or the UC Board of Regents. And if you want to give me some feedback on the show, uh, I always appreciate that. You can email me at rglarson at org. You can also catch me on uh, Facebook. That's facebook.com slash rglarson. Okay, we're going to do something really weird and peculiar today uh, as we sometimes do so we are uh, going to go down some rabbit holes and then uh, maybe come back out at the end of the show so we're going to do a show that has to do with time travel synchronicity dreams weird mystical experiences so we're going to play some music to somewhat facilitate that and we're going to have some reporters calling in from nether realms to uh, facilitate what we're doing even further. So don't go away. You're on the air. Please increase the voltage. You must shock me out of my amnesia. I still can't remember who I am. I remember a hallway, drab and dusty, and a musty office with a moose head on the wall and the smell of old cigars, and a ride in the country at 3 a.m., my face in the dashboard glow reflected on the glass and night. My face, I can almost remember, but I still can't remember who I am. Increase the voltage. I remember a girl, the ghost of a girl in the billboard at sunset. She wept blood. Mary was her name, though some called her the office succubus. She would come to me every night on the graveyard shift, and I would partake of her mysteries. The last time I saw her, she said I was pregnant. I laughed, and my forehead split open in a vertical smile, and through the portal peered an eye, and I saw myself with perfect clarity and understood at last my artist father's strange dilemma. All of this suddenly, all in a moment, then just as sudden, I forgot, and I still can't remember who I am. I remember the cheerleaders, high-kick flash, and the radioactive holy virgin weeping blood on the side of the skyscraper, and me as a cartoon character, and also remember the words of my CIA handler. It's blowback, he said. Blowback, that's all. The operation went rogue. We tried to shut it down, but I wonder, did it really go rogue? 
And who was he really working for? And this secret weapon of his, the device, he called it, capable of serving up mass insanity or mass nirvana. Take your pick. Was it really nirvana? Really the rapture? Was it really a near-death experience and not some smarty-pants comic book? So hard to know in Babylon to Mali, hanging on the glint of apocalypse. Was it psyops or a practical joke? Did the hologram hooligans with the pyramid heads push the panic button and start the whole whoopee cushion again? Crazy atomic big bomb firecracker, the bride of the invisible mummy. How much is Blue Beam? How much MK Ultra? I don't know. I can almost remember who I am. It's blowback. The operation went rogue. I met him at the ziggurat in the dark ride disguised in a skull mask and green monkey death dance. Please increase the voltage. You must shock me out of my amnesia. Voodoo zombie jamboree happens in the dark after death masks. The pop song goddesses to touch them. Ready kilowatts, purple lollipop, and the last temptation of Eve. And a new photo that proves they eat brain jelly sandwiches and Chinese missiles. Sometimes the tongues and internal organs. The general debris of Babylon to Mali. I can almost remember now a cartoon character, a multi-eyed boy on a winged ball, the demiurge of the desert, Billy the Id riding the range, headed for a showdown on the Rio Bardo. Yes, now I remember who I am. I am Mac, reporting live from inside my own Zen Buddhist Spaghetti Western. KUCI, out the rabbit hole, you're on the air. So I'm looking at this apartment that's owned by a couple of older religious people, um, an, an old man and an old woman. And the man is explaining to me how symbols and codes and heaven and God and how um, just the nature of their truth. And he said, I think he repeated a few times, REM is heaven, you know. And I said, yep, I know, REM is heaven, as if everybody knew that. And then I woke up. I think I started on this journey down the rabbit hole because I thought the Gnostics were onto something when they said, if you bring forth what is within you, what is within you will save you. But if you do not bring forth what is within you, what's within you will destroy you. I like Joseph Campbell's description of the journey in his book, A Hero with a Thousand Faces. The unconscious sends out all sorts of vapors, odd beings, terrorists, and deluding images up into the mind, whether in dream, broad daylight, or insanity. For the human kingdom beneath the floor of the comparatively neat little dwelling that we call our consciousness, goes down into unsuspected Aladdin caves. They're not only jewels, but also dangerous to abide. The inconvenient or resisted psychological powers that we have 
not sought or dared to integrate into our lives. As they remain unsuspected, or on the other hand, some chance word, the smell of a landscape, the taste of a cup of tea, or the glance of an eye may touch a magic spring, and then dangerous messengers begin to appear in the brain. These are dangerous because they threaten the fabric of the security into which we have built ourselves and our family. But they are fiendishly fascinating, too, for they carry keys that open the whole realm of the desired and feared adventure of the discovery of the self. Destruction of the world that we have built and in which we live and of ourselves within it, but then a wonderful reconstruction of the bolder, cleaner, more spacious, and fully human life that is the lure and the promise and terror of these disturbing night visitants from the mythological realm that we carry within. I think the most disturbing dream I've had recently is one in which I awoke to find myself with a port in my left arm that I was told if I did not have removed would cause me to explode. And as everyone I knew had these ports removed by special doctors and headed up high on the hill, I decided to remove mine myself. Very proud of what I had done, this woman doctor approached me and said that I had missed some of it and that there was still some in there and that I should probably get it checked out or I might explode. All I remember is wondering if I could ever find out whether I had gotten it or if the only way to find out was to see what happened. This is Samantha reporting from the home of the Israel Twilight Zone Bears. KUCI, out the rabbit hole, you're on the air. The average man is a conformist, accepting miseries and disasters with the stoicism of a cow standing in the rain. Colin Wilson. We have shot an amazing number of people, but to my knowledge, none has ever proven to be a threat. Top Afghan-American Commander General Stanley A. McChrystal. It is sometimes an appropriate response to reality to go insane. Philip K. Dick. I'm in the wooded Texas hill country. I'm flying with someone above, in, out, and through the dense oaks in the afternoon. Once twilight passes, the night descends upon a picturesque vista. I sense a house behind me in the dense woods. In front and to the right of me is the driveway canopied by the thick oaks. To my left is a clearing on the edge of a descent from the hill on which I stand. Through the clearing in the trees, the Grand Texas Hills are eerily illuminated by a dense fog which reflects a bright moon. The fog extends even to our driveway. Present also are a seven-year-old girl and an authoritative man. We are waiting for the helicopter. Prismatic paranormal lightning tears away the veil of reality, setting the moon on edge as I realize it is connected to this female child. I scale a nearby sloping oak to my left to gain a new perspective on the scene. Once in the tree, I consider the danger of such a move, but throw aside all fear by rationalizing it as paranormal lightning and thus probably given to different tendencies. Then I see it. A UFO approaches from across the hills in the distance. 
Its neon lights shine brilliant, pinks and blues, grandly advertising its presence. It is upon us within the wink of a thought. It emerges through the same fog bank which engulfs the driveway, while another identical ship surges quickly up the drive and out of its misty shadows. The gut feeling that I should not stick around overtakes me, and I turn to run the short distance to the front door. As I turn, I witness 30 to 50 Japanimated gnomes pouring from around the left side of the house. They are about a foot tall, round, ball-bodied, and helmet-garbed. I continue running for the door, thinking I will simply leap over them and through the door and lock it behind me. As I leap over them and toward the door, I feel myself begin to soar slowly upward. I suddenly remember flying earlier that evening, but I quickly understand that I am not in control and am being pulled backward and upward. I then know I am about to be abducted. The top of the country home and the hills beyond are all that are within my view. Aliens below and spacecraft behind. Then the sensation of an air elemental's arms coming from behind me, under my armpits and over my head and face. Then black. Just black. But then darkness fuzzes into focus, giving the feeling of a fisheye perspective while I sense I am on my back. The only light is from a dim source directly above. Could it be the sun? Could it be a lamp? Yes, both, either. The only difference between light and dark is the impression of three to four humanoid silhouettes, obelisks, standing stones in a ritual sacred circle, shadows, then gone. Astral tickle torture by Electric Kachina? One day you can tell all this to anyone who's willing to listen. No one will believe you, despite the fact that anyone who makes the slightest effort can see what is waiting at the future. Ingmar Bergman's The Serpent's Egg. A complex laboratory filled with commotion. All is in miniature and viewed, from my perspective, only inches away from my face. Yet I am not present in so much as I can feel every minute vibration occurring within this room. There are small rubber conveyor belts winding intricately throughout. They carry laboratory objects, test tubes, vials, rulers, pens, etc. Close up of an object undergoing scrutiny by a Frankensteinian electricity focusing contraption beaming its energy though not, in this case, visibly. I sense it. I can feel everything within this space. I perceive all tactile sensation as vibration. I am not so much frightened as worried. It doesn't hurt. It kind of tickles. But I am definitely wary of proceeding with these unusual sensations. I awake. The word bipartisan means some larger-than-usual deception is being carried out. George Carlin. Technology is a more powerful social force than the aspiration for freedom. Theodore Kaczynski. Perhaps an invisible cloud of eagle that circles the earth and lands at random places like Iran, Beirut, Cambodia, America, set the Khmer Rouge out to commit the worst audio homeogenocide in modern history. Spalding Gray. This is Smiles Lewis, reporting from inside the Integratron Dream Movie. The first consciousness coming through. KUCI, out the rabbit hole, you are on the air. You know, one of the most profound moments of my life is a metaphysical paranormal case of life imitating art. I know that sounds very vague. And I still don't fully understand what happened. But somehow I think I know what the event actually means. A couple years ago, 
I was visiting my father and my older sister in San Mateo, California, Northern California. It was my father's birthday, and I had brought him a copy of this wonderful movie, one of my favorites, called 32 Short Films About Glenn Gould. He's a huge classical music fan. And I was showing him the video, and we were in his bedroom. It was um, about 9 o'clock at night, August night, warm, quiet. Um, I was uh, on the bed next to my dad. My older sister was in front of us watching the program. And we're all enjoying it, and there's a moment in 32 short films about Glenn Gould where the actor who pretends to be Glenn Gould, whose name is Calm Fior, terrific Canadian actor, is talking as if he's Glenn Gould. And what he's saying to the camera is, I remember when I was a boy, I had this dream that I was covered in spots. And in fact, everyone on earth was covered in these inexplicable spots. And then Calm Fior, as Glenn Gould, ends that discussion and says, so I woke up the next day and I told my mother the dream. And my mother, to my amazement, said, oh my God, I had the exact same dream last night. Now, Imagine the three of us are sitting in that very low-light room. We've just seen this moment in this film, and all of a sudden, I see something whiz out of my peripheral vision past my left side, and I hear it. I don't know what it is, but the object has flown past my left ear and hit the wall behind the television really hard and I hear it bounce off the wall and land on the floor. And my older sister turns to me thinking I've thrown something at her and says, what did you just do in a sarcastic way, as if I was teasing her? And I say to her, still not comprehending what's going on, I didn't throw anything at you. My father next to me now has had his attention disrupted from the film, and he turns to us and says, what are you guys talking about? And I say, all right, everybody stop. Turn on the light. Turn off the movie. Turn on the light. And so we do. And we look around the room, and everything is in its place. And I get up, and I move toward the TV, and on the floor is a pen, a ballpoint pen that has somehow flown across the room and hit the back wall behind the TV with such force that it has bounced off the wall and not gone behind the furniture and behind the TV, but in front of the TV and the furniture. And so when we all understand that much, to my utter astonishment, no one seems to want to reflect on it any deeper than that. And I say, well, what do you think this means? And they have absolutely no idea what it means. Okay, well, what do you think it means? Well, the part of the story I left out is that we were all very close with my mother, who had died in 1985. 
And uh, my father uh, never remarried, and my older sister was very close to her as well as my being close to her. And I said, look, there's two possibilities here. This pen flew across the room of its own volition for one of two possible reasons. Reason number one is that our mother's spirit, and I turned to my dad and said, your wife's spirit is somehow with us trying to communicate with us. And we need to think about, A, how could we communicate with her from beyond, and B, what should we try and communicate with each other, or what is she trying to say to us? The other possibility, if it isn't the spirit of our dear departed mother, is that one of us in this room telekinetically made that, that pen fly across the room. Well, you know what? They still didn't venture an opinion. And to this day, I really can't figure it out any better than they can. This is Brad reporting from on board the Hendrix Sun Ra Flying Saucer Incense Burner. KUCI, out the rabbit hole, you're on the air. Hello. Hello down there. Hello to you and all, and any who hear me, and goodbye to those I left behind. I leave this as my final recording. My last transmission from the bleak black heavens back to the rock once called home. We tried, but we didn't have long. The time fades so fast when the sun no longer rises or sets, but merely persists, floating through the monochromatic cosmos, carrying the light, cutting through the abyss of space itself, losing grip on the hours and minutes and seconds. The last shred of our earthly connection evaporated. They were only numbers, weren't they? Lost in the continuum of forever. Rot and threatens the last defender of reason. The mind buckles and breaks, giving in under the burden of eternity itself. We tried, but it was all wrong. Can the future really be limitless if it's never ending? Or does it just tease and terrorize the eventuality of our own mortality? Know that the nebulae, the black holes, and the dark matter will persist and continue to exist while you and the rest of them will be little more than carbon. We have but a feeble understanding of what it means to be limitless. We tried, but we just didn't belong. The lights outside speak in tongues, and the debris turn from meteors to missiles. That was when the fever surely set in. Have you ever seen a man's hand implode from the pressure of space itself? You don't want to. If the exterior of our shuttle is death, the interior is certain madness, a jail with more knobs and switches to be pushed and prodded. We'll always go in the same direction no matter which way you spin the wheel. The cabin is as empty as it is full, devoid of another soul to bounce words to like a game of tennis, but also full of the haunting echoes deviating from the intended flight course. To the center of Jupiter? Or was it Saturn? I can't keep track of these things while there's so much else to do. We tried, but nobody left was strong. If you reach the speed of light, your mass, and thus your gravity, could become infinite and destroy the universe. This is what they told me. This is what I've shared with you. They'll be coming back any minute. 
ravaging what's left of our fatal expedition, taking and leaving all left behind, like an infestation after the bones have been picked clean. This shuttle is a carcass. They can be seen. I've heard them chittering away in languages too advanced for comprehension and understanding. Can you hear it? Can you hear it? Can you hear it? Can you hear it? This is Ryan reporting from the secret observatory at the bottom of the Salton Sea. Welcome back. Welcome out of the rabbit hole. Hope you enjoyed that journey down. And this is Robert Larson here on KZI, the Out the Rabbit Hole radio program. And yes, we, uh, we're uh, deconstructing reality today. We were uh, exploring enchanted realities and uh, had some wonderful music there. And I want to thank all of the excellent contributors today who called in our reporters from the netherworlds. And uh, we had uh, Mac White. Many of you uh, may know him from his wonderful work uh, as a graphic novelist and his work with PSYOP Radio. We also had um, Samantha Brockfield from the Midwest, a person who has a uh, wonderful, amazing dream life. And she shared some of that with us today. We also had Smiles Lewis, who also works on PSYOP Radio, and uh, you've probably heard him on the show a couple of times as well. And he uh, is involved with Elphis.net and many other uh, wonderful websites. We also had Brad Schreiber, and he's the author of several excellent books, uh, a couple of which we've discussed on this show, including Death in Paradise, the... uh, an Illustrated History of the L.A. County Department of Coroner. Uh, Brad is currently working on a uh, Jimi Hendrix uh, biography that's going to cover a lot of his early life, some of the stuff we haven't heard all that much about, so that will be exciting. And Brad's always working on great stuff and uh, a real uh, Philip K. Dick fan, as most uh, fans of this show are. And uh, our last contributor, reporter from the uh, depths of the Salton Sea, that was uh, Ryan Uko. I hope I pronounced your last name correctly. If not, uh, you will uh, give me the correct information on that, I am sure. And uh, yeah, and those of you who want to know about all the music we played, um, I will have a song list of that available. And of course, uh, you can contact me on Facebook, facebook.com slash RG Larson, and you can also uh, just email me, rglarson at org. And once again, the opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of the KUCI staff or management or the UC Board of Regents. And uh, yes, uh, I will be with you next week. Me, Robert Larson, we're going to be doing a fun drive the next couple of weeks, and we'll try to throw in some wonderful little gems there to make it all worth your while, and hopefully uh, some of you will be able to contribute and help this institution along on its way. And uh, got some great interviews uh, coming up. We have uh, Russ Baker, who has a book called Family of Secrets that's going to blow your mind. Uh, JFK and the Unspeakable is another book we're going to be discussing with the author of that. Jim Douglas, so just great stuff coming up here on Out the Rabbit Hole. And I guess that's about uh, all I need to tell you about. I do want to let you know, coming up in just about five minutes, we're going to have uh, Counterspin and Planetary uh, Radio 
excellent shows and as everything is on this uh, wonderful station here. So, Okay, I'm going to leave you with something from uh, Towns Van Zandt. This is Robert Larson saying I'll be uh, talking to you next week. KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine.